so so first and foremost you guys congratulations i i'm so happy for you and and when we came on father's day and when i saw the love amongst you guys like i definitely felt that this was a community and for sure for sure god gave you this church because of all this love so congratulations to you guys um like abuna said i was actually super excited about the series you insist huh get you back for this um super excited about the series and super excited about the season those of us from saint peter and saint paul are are this is like this is our season we we are definitely very connected to this but what abuna doesn't know is when we talked about like the dates and the topics and he said faith and i was like oh i was i was in the middle of a faith test 100%. I mean, we're, we're being tested every day, right? But this was 500% out of my control. And I was every single day falling on my face for a long minute. It was 12 days. Um, because what did I want to do every single day? I was telling God, no, no, I've got this. I'm going to do it every single day. So, so in my awareness of what I was going through, I like you know this can't just be my own struggle but it was obviously not by design that i'm talking about this so i am actually very grateful to god for this opportunity and thanks guys for putting up with me so i come to you today with three things the first is an acronym the second is a suggestion and the third is i hope it's a gift um but before i start i want to hear from you what how you guys perceive faith like what is faith talk to me i don't want to be like monologuing up here act religiously talk to me yes oh that was a hair scratch yes you are so brave what's your name Christine, let me ask you this, because you're the only brave person who decided to respond. Do you feel like faith is something that you like, like it's tangible to you? Or do you think it's like a feeling? Work on. Like I actually believe that it's, it's going to sound awful, but it's a behavior. So, so I do think that there is a behavior element. Okay. So the acronym that I'm hoping um, we can sort of hang on to is um, the next slide. So the acronym is FIT. F for um, fitting him in. So F for fit him in. I is in him, and then T, tell him. Yeah, him is a big part of this, obviously, right? Um, so, so without further ado, the F for fit him in. Have you guys heard of the saying where, this is by Viktor Frankl, he says that between the stimulus and the response, there is a space. Has anybody heard that before? 
So it's he's he's a psychologist. He was a Holocaust survivor, and he became a psychologist in the U.S. And he kind of came up with this idea that between something happening, and I I'm going to suggest that even a thought in my head, and my response, there is some time in between. If you're, okay, so so. So this whole idea that I'm going to share with you is based on that. So I believe that when I have a thought or there's a feeling or, you know, my kids are coming at me with X, Y, Z, there is a moment in time where I can like take a breath or do something before the response. Um, so I'm going to use a progression of three different scenarios from the Bible where the people in the Bible in these examples had a stimulus, right? And then they fit God into the space in between, right? Um, before they responded, okay? So you guys already know this, St. Paul, Peter and Paul, yes. So St. Paul is, yeah, I'm telling you, it's, it's a big deal. Um, you all know what happened, right? He's on the way to Damascus. He took, he got letters from the chief priest in Jerusalem telling him, yeah, you go catch those women and children who are Christians and you bring them back and we'll do whatever, right? So he is on a mission. St. Paul like had clear vision. Last time when Makar was saying, yeah, you kind of, you know, you really need to know what the, your issues are. You need to what, know your vulnerabilities. Okay, St. Paul was 100% there. He was beyond that. So St. Paul gets these letters. He's going to go catch these Christ these people of the way, and he's going to, so like serious, you know, um, terrorism here. And then he stopped dead in his tracks, right? Christ is saying, Saul, Saul, what are you doing? It's hard for you to kick against the goads, right? And then he's like, Boom. He's like, well, who are you, Lord? Christ actually appeared to him in this moment. Do you guys know how we know he appeared to him? Do you know how? Barnabas, a few chapters later, was the one who told the apostles, because the apostles were not accepting him, right? This guy is like the killer. So he told them, no, no, no. Jesus appeared to him. Jesus appeared to him, and he showed him and he told him. So anyway, so St. Paul is, is on his knees and he's hearing this voice and he's seeing Christ. And, and so this is like huge stimulus, right? Huge stimuli. And he says to him, uh, who are you, Lord? So the first step I believe in fitting Christ into the, like in between like the stimulus and the response is I need to ask him, right? So, so my kid comes to me. I'm absolutely overwhelmed by what they're asking. Just you wait. Absolutely overwhelmed by what they're asking. So in that moment, I'm going to ask him, ask him, Lord, what do you want me to do? Okay. So that was the first step, St. Paul. And the second example is the centurion. You guys, the Bible is filled with these examples. I'm just, I just picked them like, because I thought this makes sense to me. So then the second example is the centurion. This is a boss man. He's got a hundred people who work under him and the hundred people, like the hundred soldier, soldiers that he's responsible for. It's not just those, it's them and their families. This man is a man of responsibility, right? So he goes and, and his daughter is sick. So he goes up to Christ. He's a Gentile, by the way, goes up to Christ and he's like, listen, my daughter is sick, you know? And so Christ is like, okay, I'm going to come and heal her for you. He's like, no, 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 Lord, I'm not worthy. You just say the word. So the second like sort of progression in my head is, well, first I ask, but then the second is give it to him already. Give it to him. Like you, you're overwhelmed by something. Okay, no problem. Give him, tell him, here it is, Lord. 
right? I'm not worthy for you to come. Like just say the word and and I believe that you're going to take care of it. And then the third progression is the um Canon, the 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 Canaanite woman a woman. So this is a woman whose daughter. This is for all the moms in the room. This is a woman whose daughter is demon possessed. The Bible does not tell us how long she's demon possessed for. Right? We have no idea. So it could have been years. It could have been months. But the Bible tells us that this woman, who is a Gentile, right? She's not a Jew. And and just a little bit of like social history. Canaanites, when when a Jew sees a Canaanite, they call them dogs. That's, it, it is a racial slur, and and that was at that time. That's just kind of how the Jews rolled with the Canaanites. So then, so this so this whole thing with Christ saying, "No, we don't give the the children's food to the dogs," he was actually affiliating himself with the Jews. So he's making it very clear that she's a Gentile and he's a Jew, and so he's basically saying, "No, no, no, no." These are my homies, right? The Jews are my homies. Like he's making that connection. St. John Chrysostom said something amazing about this. He said, you know, Christ was actually setting up this woman for success. So he wasn't waiting for her to come begging. No, he he knew that this was going to happen. And in God's glory, he wanted this to happen because he was also showing that his Christ, his his church and his kingdom includes the Gentiles, right? So he was, you know, we do that with our kids, right? Like you have one piece of candy and you're looking at one of your kids and you're, you say to them, now, now daddy needs a piece, daddy needs a piece. And so you wait for the kid to say, well, let's divide it up, mom, right? It's like you're setting them up in the situations so that they can succeed and do something good, right? Same thing. So Christ is saying, no, 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 we don't give the, the, the children's food to the dogs. But what he was trying to really show is this woman's faith. So the first thing this woman does is, oh, son of, da son of David, have mercy on me. So she's persisting. The disciples are what? Annoyed. They're like, kefeya, right? And then she comes closer and he tell they tell him, Lord, just like tell her to go away. And then he responds to her again. And then she, and then at that point, the woman bows down. Okay, so the first, first like hierarchy is we ask, right? That was the first character, Saint Paul. The second is we give it to him, right? That's the centurion. And then the third is, yeah, actively bow down and worship. I love the songs that you picked because they were like right on point, right? So what am I doing with these things? I'm fitting. Christ, I'm fitting God between the stimulus, be it from outside of me or inside of me. So I'm fitting him between that and my response. So in those moments, now, remember how I was saying, like I was falling on my face every day? What was I doing? I was not fitting him in that moment. I was in that moment thinking, I've got this. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And I had like no control over X, Y, and Z. And then, and then when I fell on my face and I was desperate, that's when I was like, oh, Lord, I need you right now, right? So I think the trick is to bring him in in the middle as opposed to after. Okay. Um, so I do think it's a habit. I do think we need to get into a habit. Um, and one of the ways to set up habits is to practice frequently, right? So this is like behavioral modification. So if you practice for five minutes at a time, five times a day, you can set up a new habit within a couple of weeks, right? So what I'm suggesting is, and this is going to be easier for those of you who are home with your kids during the day, 
because the stimuli never end, right? So so when when they're like absolutely going crazy, take that moment to either ask the Lord or or give it to him, right? Which is also another opportunity or bow down and worship and say something to him, right? But put him in between that moment of chaos and your response back to the kid. You don't have to respond right away. Don't tell him that. But you, like between you and I, you don't have to respond to them right away. Not just the kids, of course, but also um, other situations. Um, yeah, that's a different different topic, different day. Um, so, so I started reading this book. Has anybody read the Screw Tape Letters? Yes, yes. Tell me, is it yes? Okay. So I was just told about this book, and I was like, "Where has this been? Like my whole life? It was uh, like I'm having a day with it. Like I'm." The only problem I'm having with it is I really have to focus. Like, I can't be reading it right before I go to bed. I'm like, wait, what did he just say? So C.S. Lewis says, anybody want to read the, the quote? This is out of the, out of, anybody want to read it out loud? Any other brave? Yeah, do it. Bam. Christine, so I have to practice. I can't just be saying, oh yeah, I think I have faith today or today I'm in a good mood. So that, therefore that means I have strong faith. It's not a feeling and it's not, it doesn't have to be something so like nebulous. Like what, I don't know. Do I have faith? Like, let's take a step. Like let's work on it, right? That's really what, um... so for those of you who don't know about the screw tape letters, um, because I don't think everybody read the book, this was, this is super clever. So C.S. Lewis writes this book between um, a demon and his nephew. You with me? So the whole book is Screwtape, the uncle, talking to Wormwood, his nephew, and he's letting him in on all the little like things that the enemy, which is God, does for the people he loves versus what they want to do to trip people up. It's it, so so the version that I got was free. And if you go into, um, if you have like an Apple phone and you go to the books um, app, right? The little yellow book, that icon, and you search the screw tape letters, it's for free. It's a free download. Okay, so, so did it ruin the book for you? Because I feel like every time I watch something that I've read, it just disappoints me. Okay, so you enjoyed it. The visual. I'll do that, Christine. So practice five minutes, five times a day. What are we practicing? Somehow, somewhere, put Christ between the stimulus and the response. Okay. Um, and then this is from Saint Isaac the Syrian. Anybody, anybody feel brave to take this one on? This one's a little bit more wordy. Go for it, Jess.
Awesome. Okay. So there's a lot going on here, but basically to simplify is like, there has to be a point in time where, where I am feeling like, okay, God, I'm giving this to you. And then what St. Isaac the Syrian is saying is when you get to that point, when we get to that point, then you begin to see God working, right? So that's what, that's what that whole big long uh, quote is. Okay. So, so the acronym is FIT, fit him in between the stimulus and the response. I is, um, in him, right? So now we're moving into I and, um, uh, and so what I, what I did here is I pulled out examples of, again, people from the Bible who are living in him, right? So they had him in the middle of the difficulties, right? And so of course, first and foremost is St. Mary. How did she how how was he like in the situation how was she in him how was he in the situation so the first is she was absolutely pondering his work in her life so think about what he's doing for you on a daily basis the fact that you made it to church today the fact that you have your own church number one but the fact that you made it here safely that's like worth pondering i mean how many opportunities could have gone awry, right? So, so ponder things in your heart and then keep things in your heart too. So there's another quote. Is it in this? Is it on this page? Oh yeah, it's next. It's coming up. So put these things in your heart. So then, so then um, C.S. Lewis says, oh, I'm sorry. It's kind of, sorry, it's not very bright. Um, so he says how it's funny how mortals always picture us putting demons putting things into their minds. But in reality, the best work, the demon's best work is to keep things out of their mind. So remind yourself of what God can do. Remind yourself of what God has done and keep repeating that in your head. Like, don't let it leave your head. And then um, the rest of that chapter or the, the prayer um, where St. Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoiced in God, my savior. Every single Thing, and I think this is the key in St. Mary's life. Every single thing she ever said was referenced or can be cross-referenced back to the Psalms. Everything. So, so when you can, teach your kid the Psalms, right? Start early. It's definitely going to pay off. Okay, so in. So this is an example of someone who was living in him, right? Because my faith is fitting him in between the stimulus and the response. And then, and then I want to be living in him. So how do I do that? magnify the Lord, praise, um, memorize Psalms. And then these are um, verses that Abuna so so graciously supplied me with. Um, St. Paul. St. Paul is a verb man. Everything you see in his verses are verbs, right? So here you've got walk in him, rooted and built in him, established in the faith, having been taught, abounding. What is he saying, Christine? What is he saying to us? Do it, right? I feel like a Mikey check mark all of a sudden. I didn't, I wasn't planning that. But the idea is he's saying to us, yes, there is a, there's, I need to like take steps. There's a behavior. Like I need to be doing something to actively be engaged in my faith growth, right? Okay. Um, we're going to skip that one. Okay. And then in 2 Corinthians, St. Paul is saying, abound in faith, speech, knowledge and diligence. So it's not just, okay, one time I'm going to read a book, I'm going to read the Bible, and then I'm done for like five days. It doesn't work like that. So ab abound in it, right? Keep it going. Um, okay. And then here he's saying, and this, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. 
um, you're going to find, I'm going to forewarn you if you haven't seen this already, but you're going to find that your kids are under a huge, they're, they're in war. They're not going to come home and tell you this, but the war is for them to not know the difference between right and wrong and black and white. And that line is going to be pushed and erased. And, and you guys, I'm sure, hear things on the news all the time. And so it's, it's supremely important that we as parents know what's right and wrong and we're living what's right. And then we're also teaching them what's right and what's wrong, right? Because this, the discernment, Part of that comes from like what we show them at home, but part of it also they need to hear. They need to hear that, oh, no. I'm not gonna bring up topics, but okay, so yeah. But but screw tape nails it with his with his nephew. He says, Oh no, no, no. Keep his mind off of this whole idea between that's that's true and false, right? He that is a war. Okay. Um Sanctify the Lord in your hearts. Always be ready to give a good defense. Okay, this is super important. So if I'm living in him, I, for me, I need to know, why am I Christian? Why am I Orthodox? Why am I living in the sacraments? Why sacraments? I need to have those answers because yes, they will ask you if they haven't already. Has anybody's kids already asked those questions? They're coming, guys. They're coming. They may not be coming as black and white as I'm saying them, but they will come. Communion? I, I already took communion four weeks ago. Mom, like, what's wrong with you? Why do I need to go to church? So you need to, like, oh, and then why orthodoxy? Why, why am I part of an apostolic church? Why can't I go to the church that's a mile away? Right? So I need to be living it. And that's why I said at the very beginning, you guys are, the fact that you have a church and there's community, that's a huge gift from God. Beget, beget. And the fact that you have this particular priest and his wife, that's a whole other conversation, but I'm not biased or anything. That was not in the description. Everybody did not tell me. So, 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 and oh, and the other thing about apologetics, guys, watch your kids and see if some of them are more verbally inclined. Yes, we call it sass sometimes, but watch to see if one of your kids or a few of your kids tend to want to answer back or went, tend to want to give back because those are the kids that you want to grow this gift in. You want to grow. Okay, so when somebody asks you about this, what's our answer, right? So give them, give them, like strengthen that gift. Not everybody has that gift. Okay, all right. Um, Okay, I'm gonna skip that. Okay, so so F is fit him in between the stimulus and the response, right? And I do that by asking him, um, giving it to him, and worshiping and saying, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let go," right? And then I is in him, right? So I'm living in him. And how do I live in him? I I memorize the Psalms. I magnify him in my soul. I verb, St. Paul's verbs, right? All those verbs that he said, those are things that I need to work on. I teach my kids. I make sure that they understand these concepts that we're living every day in church, right? Or, or that they're hearing me talk about. And then the third is T for tell him. And this is my gift to you. Uh, I'm going to read this verse because this verse is... Uh, 
Amazing. So in the book of Isaiah, chapter 54, verse 13, he says, All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. I'm going to read it again. All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. This verse to me is gold because this is a promise and and god is promising that he is going to teach our kids are you with me when your kids hit eight and nine and and anybody here have anybody over the age of eight okay so so you know you know that there are times in fact most of parenting, you're going to feel like you are out of control, like like you do not have control over your kids. And that feeling is not going to go away, I'm sorry to say. But, but the promise holds true. The promise holds true. So I love, Tony, that you said this to your wife. You can now tell her that there's a biblical reference. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm going to share a little story with you. Um, that happened at work. So I'm I'm working with an eight-year-old boy and and I'm trying to make the task that he's doing. He was succeeding, and I was trying to make the task that he's doing a little bit more difficult. So I look at him and I say, Okay, now I want you to recite some a, a prayer for me. This boy comes in with his his Muslim mom who is in hijab, and I had seen one of her older kids before. See, he's the third of four kids. And so I knew that she teaches her kids to pray from the Quran, right? So I said to him, okay, I want you to, to recite. Because what I was going to do is I was going to have him recite and then correct him. It's like, oh, made a mistake. Say that over, right? So that was how I was going to like up the ante on him. So, so the kid starts reciting. I kid you not, this kid was reciting for at least five minutes. I didn't have my timer on because I didn't think he was gonna recite for that long. This kid went on and on. And of course, what I what, what am I doing? I'm making it longer because I'm interrupting him and saying, say that again. No, you didn't get it right. So, so this kid was being interrupted very annoyingly. He was persisting in what he was doing. So he was completing the task. He wasn't being phased by me. And, and the whole time, what do you think I was thinking the whole time? Monica, what do you think? Okay, I wasn't thinking that yet. This guy's impressive. What else do you think I was thinking? Okay, you guys, I was feeling very convicted because this was what he was what he was reciting is the equivalent of like John chapters 13 through 17. Okay? He was nonstop. And I, I was sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, the first thing that came to mind was, please don't judge me compared to this woman because I'm like condemned, right? So that was the first thought. And then the second thought was, I need to find out what this mom did. Okay, so he finishes that task. And then, and I look at the mom, I was like, wow, that was great. And then the mom looks at her son. This is hilarious. The mom looks at her son and she says, now say surat blah, blah, blah. And so then the kid starts reciting this other one. You want to know the content of the other one? Infidels are going to burn in hell, basically, repeatedly, over and over. It was so violent, you guys. But the kid was reciting it. 
I don't personally believe that he understood the words. Like, I don't think he had a concept, but he was saying the words and it was just flowing out. So anyway, so I had to give her like a moment. I turned and I got the paperwork, blah, blah, blah. And then at the very end, after I was hoping she simmered down from condemning the infidels, um, I said to her, I want you to tell me how you did this. Like I wanted like the specifics. And so she says to me, every morning before anything, I give all four kids a, a verse to memorize. Look, I don't know what your mornings look like, but I remember when my kids were that age, my mornings are make sure the socks match, come down, eat breakfast before we leave. We're going to leave in five minutes. It was, and when did we pray? Like the 30 seconds right before we left the door. That's the honest truth. This woman was prioritizing. Like, I don't think she's feeding the kids before doing this. Like she was like on a mission. So yes, Lord, don't, don't convict me based on dual. Um, okay, so T for tell him. So tell him what? Tell him, Lord, this is your promise. So T guys, T guys is using God's promises on him. So I'm praying his promises back to him. Lord, you promised this to me. You said you're going to teach my kids in peace. Done. Okay. Um, fear. Fear is a big test for faith, right? Fear is like huge. Like, oh, I'm worried about, I don't know. What are, what are some of the fears in our life? Yeah. Say again. Purpose. purpose, like fear, like I don't have purpose. I like that. So I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I don't know my purpose. So like, this is, this is scary. I love it. What else? Yeah. yeah. Yes. You name it. And it could be a fear. Oh my gosh. It could be I, fear of the building may fall. I was talking to someone yesterday and, and the person was saying to me, oh my gosh, I think she's going to die. And I'm like, wow, that's a really big fear. Like, so, so you name it. And so what do I do when I'm feeling fearful? Pull up the promises and don't pull up someone else's research of the promises. So this is where reading your Bible on a consistent basis, hence the five minutes, five times a day, when you pull those up, when, when during those five minutes, you're doing something to build up your faith like read the Bible, you're looking for these promises, right? Don't go search in your Bible, say, oh yeah, 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 I wanna look for a promise. It doesn't work like that. You need to be reading to find the promise because then he's sending it for you, okay? Um, I love this one. I am with you, do not be dismayed. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's such a visual to me, right? He's holding my hand, right? Um, I love the next one too, which is, he's not promising that there won't be deep waters, and he's not saying there's no fires, but he's saying through the waters and in the fire, you're not gonna drown and you're not gonna be burned. Right. So, so love Isaiah if you haven't, if you haven't figured that out yet. Okay. And then, so there's of course fear of health, right? The verses are there. Um, everybody has health issues and fears and so, yeah. But, so you need to resist. So when you, when you have those thoughts in your head, right? Because that's a test of faith. When you have those thoughts in your head, there needs to be a rebuttal 
right? There needs to be some way of responding, right? And that's what I'm saying. So these verses are up there. You know them. You've seen them. But now you need to like internalize them or we all need to internalize them. And then, of course, there's fear of money. Um, I don't think – I think this church has a lot of giving, which makes me really happy. But on a personal basis, right, If whenever you feel like there's that fear of money, tell yourself that, that means there's lack of giving. So – and there it is. The promise is give it you know, tithe it and test me. He's actually saying it's a test or, or, or like, see what I do. And of course, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And then what I, what I had on a different version is of course to, um, uh, like when you're given, you're given back and it's shaken down in good measure. And, um, and then I leave you guys with, with one last, um, saying from father Isaac, the Syrian. Anybody want to read it? Brave souls. Faith requires a way of thinking that is single, limpidly pure, and simple, far removed from any deviousness or invention of methods. So, so what does that mean? That means I'm not, not everything I believe in needs to be, well, I'm going to test God, right? And, and it can't, it, it also shouldn't be, well, I'm going to go to church and I'm going to see, you know, what the payout is going to be, like like how it's going to affect my life. It's not that. It's it's a step before that which is, Lord, I'm doing this because I need you or I'm doing this because at this point in my life, we need to feel like we're we belong to a community and my kids need to be connected to my apostolic, you know, faith. So there's there is it's got to be like super pure, not just I'm kind of doing it with like an ulterior motive. Yeah. Okay. And that's it. That's all I have. You guys, any, any issues? Yes, ma'am. Is, is abounding and is supporting. And that, that was the Holy Spirit talk, right? When Mark, when Marchie was saying, look, don't quench the spirit. Don't get into the, in the way of the spirit. Like let the spirit do its thing. That's moving in that direction. So do some people have it more than others? My, my honest observation is there are some people who work at it better than others. There are some people who go to church like every day. You guys, now you have services almost every day of the week. If you can make it to church to all of these services, being in his house as a faith builder, serving in his house, service in his house. I know the last week is going to be service outside of the house, but service in his house is on the level, right? When you do that more frequently, you're building it up. And then it may look like, oh, it comes so much easier to that person. Like, how come? I don't think it's easy for anybody. And I, I really think, I really think faith is difficult because I think in our minds we think, is it a thought or is it a feeling? As opposed to, I need to do something concrete to like increase it. Who suffers more with anxiety, 
tends to want to control their environment more. And so sometimes faith can come harder to them rather than someone who's more, I would say, just easygoing or go with the flow or just leave it up to God. And so faith tends to seem to be more easier for that person. So if, if anxiety is um, clinical where there needs to be like a little chemical adjustment, then it's not fair to say, well, I have less faith. Okay. But, but yeah, someone who's more optimistic can be optimistic in a good mood, but that may not necessarily be faith with me. So I think, I think the gauge is actually, I want to say something about control. How old are your kids, Christine? Right now you feel like you're in control for the most part right? You bring them home from school, you feed them, you think they're eating enough, right? They're, you feel like you've got some element of control. I'm going to tell you right now, you're not in control. We pretend to be in control, right? We pretend like we've got this. We pretend to be, okay, God, look, I know you're out there, but I'm going to take charge right now. So in those moments when you feel like you're taking control, I would strongly suggest you invite him in and say, can you just come and take control, right? Whatever it is, be it the food or you name it. Uh, because this whole idea of control, the rabbit hole happens and you will, you will experience it. And yeah, I, I'm going to tell you right now, no, I have like zero control over my kids' lives, right? So, so, so get used to it and start training yourself. No, I really do believe that this is something that we can train ourselves. And that's why when Abuna like shared this whole progression with me, I was sold. I was like, I get it. Yes. Yeah. It's a progression. It's definitely, there's definitely a behavioral component that progresses. I don't know that we're going to get through like progressing through all the steps in the eight weeks. Is it eight weeks? I don't know. Yeah, but having like the the like the cerebral knowledge so that you can go home and think about it, pray it, and work on it. I think that's the journey. Such a loaded question, Christine. Tony, I have no answers for you. <laughs> You've got the answers. No, no, no. It's like more of a thought. I just have that. I think part of the problem is we we look at faith as transactional. And I think mindset is everything. And so how we approach our faith, how we approach a Bible study, how we approach communion, it's so personal. And sometimes like the church is great because it gives us so many resources, but we view them as a checklist, transactional. I take communion, I should get a blessing. I come to Bible study, I should be blessed. I bring my kids to church, I should get something in return. I, I think about what Metropolitan Anthony Bloom says about the relationship between God and man, and a true relationship is when both sides know each other intimately. And so how really can I pursue faith if I'm not pursuing him? Like you can't, you can't attain him, you can't attain faith if you're not attaining him. And so I think what I'm thinking is like, what is, you're talking about like, what is faith? Is it a feeling? I'm trying to think like, what is the results of faith? 
And I think the results of faith is his presence in your life. And with his presence comes peace. And so like there's this constant, and as you're sharing examples, I was thinking part of where we also fail sometimes is the stimulus and the response. We don't realize that that gap sometimes has multiple stimuluses. Yes. Is that a word? Stimuli. Stimuli. Yeah. Like, and so we think we could have faith after that first, but then we expect a, like the results when there could be three, four, five, six. You know, I think of like Jairus in, in Mark 5. Like this was a Pharisee. He, his daughter was dead or he was saying his daughter was sick at the time. And then there was that point where he had to make a decision. Am I going to follow this man or not? And he followed him. And then Christ stopped to heal the woman. That's, that's a stimulus. Like That's a situation where it's like, okay, dude, my daughter's dying. This lady's been sick for years. Like, come my daughter and then go back. He had a moment there. Like He can quit or he could keep going. And then I feel like those moments also intensify. And we typically give up right before we're going to see the blessing. Because for him, it was, then it was the people from his house that came and said, it's too late, your daughter's dead. And then he had a, a choice. Am I going to stay focused with him? Or am I going to believe my family, the people from my house? And he stayed persistent. And so, I don't, I don't know, like, I just feel like we need to, like, and I don't have an answer, but how do we get away from transactional faith? Like, how do we get away from transactional worship, like all of those things? So what I'm suggesting, that was perfectly put. That was like, like you should have just had him like do the dash today. Um, so what I was suggesting is the, like make it like physically practice, like tell yourself, okay, these are my five minutes and I'm going to do this five minutes a day. And, and why? Because I need to be able to tell myself that this is how I connected with him today. I don't have 20 minutes to like do all, what is it, like 18 psalms in, in each of the hours, every hour. I can't do that. And when I do that, I'm distracted. But Lord, I can spend five minutes with you where you're it, right? So that I can bring whatever the kids did like an hour ago to your feet and say, tell me how to respond to them, right? Like in, it, it's gotta be like during, it's, it's exactly what you said. It's gotta be in the day, like as you're, you're experiencing X, Y, and Z, you're integrating him so you can feel that peace. And, and what, what do we do, Tony? What, as humans, we're trying to do what Christine does is, oh, I've got this, I've got this figured out. I'm gonna like do this and I'm God and halos, we're done. And then that's when we begin to feel, well, it's transactional. Like, I'm coming to your house. And all those things you said, by the way, are true. Yes, you, you bring them to his house for the blessing. Because that is not, you, you don't mess with that, right? And you bring, and you come and you take communion, 100%, you're united with him, right? It's mysterious. We don't see it, but it's, it's happening. Um, so we do do those things. But don't be deceived because behind all of those things that may look transactional, you're getting his grace. Right, so even though I mean we're so limited, but when when you come to him, he's giving you the unlimited, and you're not seeing it. I think the transactional bit is okay, but it really he does more than just 
wait for that. Like he, he, he gives in abundance. So don't be discouraged. It's okay. That was beautiful. Sorry, I'm kind of blobby. Any other comments, questions, concerns, gripes, purpose in life? So I guess I wanted to know what your thoughts were on if, I guess, if you're going through a really hard time or you're in a place in your life and you have no answers, that's that's actually at the time you're really, your faith, your faith is being tested because there's no worldly answers. You're just, this is out of my hands completely. And that's the time where really, I mean, at least for me, that's where I find myself at the, you know, spiritually that's where i'm connecting with god the most when i need him the most and i think day to day we we tend to i guess it's hard to uh measure your faith day to day because i don't know maybe at times you feel like it's not needed i i don't know what, what are your thoughts on that tell me your name peter P uh, peter there's no paul we need we need you guys you need paul i feel like there's gonna be pauls um Peter, um, I'm actually really glad you said that. So, so without giving you all the personal details, I was sharing, I think maybe before you walked in that, you know, when I agreed to do this, I didn't really know what the topic was going to be for, for the week. And then when Abuna named it, he really didn't know that I was in the middle of a trial where I was like 500% like failing every day, every day. And, and I was so aware of it. I was so aware of, oh my gosh, I did it again, right? I'm, I'm like constantly trying to fix something that's so out of my control. And I even had people say to me, just stop, like, let it go. Like, these are outsiders who had no idea what was going on, like, in my head. Um, so, so that's really why I was suggesting earlier that to feel like you're trying to grow your faith, there needs to be multiple opportunities during the day to practice. Practice what? Practice asking him into your life. Practice giving him the issue. Practice saying to him, okay, I'm gonna bow down. You know, for the five minutes of practice five times a day, maybe two of them are you doing prostrations on the ground saying, Lord, I'm just giving you the thoughts. I'm giving you what's in my mind because I have no control. And honestly, Lord, I don't know what to do with this. And like, like the man in, um, the man who says to the Lord, help my unbelief, like just bring that to him because that, because we're so cerebral, Peter, we feel like, oh, you know, we can do things like an equation, you know, A plus B is going to equal C, right? But, but that's not God. I had a, an L&D nurse tell me this morning or this afternoon that it's not our time. Like, like God works, but not on our time. He kind of does things on his time. And that's for humans, that's really, really difficult. I just talked to my sister earlier. Like we see our kids and we're like, oh my gosh, when is this going to change? Right? Like, and why can't I see that? And honestly, I don't know where Tony went. Oh, there he is. Honestly, I, there are some things that we may not see changed. I mean, that's kind of like the conclusion I'm sadly coming to in my old life. But, but you know, it's, it's true. 
but he he's so merciful and he's so kind and he's so loving that he never ever leaves us parched so when he sees that we're taking a step peter he comes at us with like 500 gifts so you, you know the verse in revelation where it says that he's standing at the door and knocking christ never ever ever forces himself on us ever so when you're feeling like oh wow i'm really like depraved i need him and you go to him he gushes back out at you right that's that's so do you measure faith no but do you try as much as possible to give yourself opportunities to practice that's that's my suggestion to you so the suggestion is to try to practice oh you're welcome any other questions you guys are awesome i went over time i'm sure your kids are ready to go home and eat dinner so so thank you abuna and thank you guys